Hi everyone, uh, this is Mark and this is the Mark Hastings Experience and uh, in this podcast uh, I'm going to be talking about everything from poetry to films to uh, TV shows to books and about uh, anything and everything that inspires me and uh, I hope you like what you hear. Hi everyone, this is Mark, and welcome to another episode of the Mark Hastings Experience. And in this episode, uh, I'm going to be talking about um, one of my favourite films, uh, but uh, it's one of my favourite films that I haven't seen for a long time. And um, the film that I'm talking about is the 1960 American psychological horror thriller, uh, Psycho which was directed and produced by the the late, great Alfred Hitchcock, uh, the prolific uh, director and producer of um, such critically uh, acclaimed uh, films uh, such as Psycho, um, and um, he, and also um, Strangers on a Train, uh, Dial M for Murder, uh, rear window, vertigo, north by northwest, and um, and of course the birds. Um, and uh, he was um, truly, uh, truly one of the, the greatest directors and uh, producers of um, films of all time, I would say. Um, and Psycho is one of those films that really does. Um, show his talents uh in in full flow and um psycho itself uh which was um written uh by uh, joseph uh, stefano uh based on the 1959 novel of the same name by robert block and um is is a film that took uh not only um, viewers uh, of the film uh, by surprise um, but also the, the movie industry and um, in uh, recent times it's uh, praised as one of the, the major cinematic um, uh, pieces of um, motion picture cinema um, but uh, when it first came out, uh, apparently the uh, the uh, reviews of it, um, uh, especially some of the most dramatic and shocking scenes of the of the film, uh, were thought to be too much for uh, cinema goers at the time. And um, you know, you you look at the film now and you compare it to the films that have been made uh, since. Um, it's not as as um, as shocking uh, or as um, or as grotesque or as. Um, in fact, I, I would say that the the fact that the that. Um, you you see certain uh, events happen in the film, but you don't get um, the uh, 
the effect of um, seeing um, the more graphic nature. Um, I'm talking about the, um, of course, the, the the one of the most famous scenes from Psycho is the scene uh, in the in the shower uh, in which um, Marion Crane, uh, who's played by uh, Janet Leigh, uh, is uh, showering at the uh, the Bates Motel, and um, and she's attacked by this uh, mysterious shadowy figure uh, who uh, appears to be uh, this old woman, uh, but who in fact is um, someone else. Uh, but. Um, and that someone else is, of course, Norman Bates, uh, played by Anthony Perkins. Uh, but um, um, we, the viewer, uh, and um, and uh, Janet Lee's character, Marion Crane, doesn't know this. Or if they do, then um, they have they don't have uh, time to react and call out and identify who they are because when we see um the shadowy figure who we uh are led to believe is uh Norman Bates's uh mother um we uh don't see their face uh so we the viewer are um up throughout the entire film from the moment that um Marion Crane arrives at uh, Bates Motel. Uh, we are led to believe that Norman Bates is one person, um, and uh, Mother uh, is uh, another person, a separate individual. And it isn't until the the end of the film that we realise that Norman Bates and uh, Mother are one and the same. And that's one of the the um that there's the movie uh magic of um of alfred hitchcock um because the the attention to detail and um the the way that uh he um keeps things from the audience um really is uh wonderful and um i love the fact that is um in black and white as well even though um it could have been made in um in color at the time um but uh as a result of um using the same um the same uh shooting um uh uh, stock uh, as um, his uh, TV uh, series um, Alfred Hitchcock um, uh, presents uh, I think it was called um, they uh, he and um, and uh, the cinematographer instead decided to um, film um, Psycho uh, in uh, black and white and um i really think that it adds to the um to the shock 
um, of the film, and it and it really um, taking all the color out of the film uh, adds adds a great deal to uh, the the impact of of the of the film because. Um, as you may know, um, Marion Crane, uh, played by Janet Lee, is is killed. As I said, in the uh, aforementioned um, uh, shower scene, the legendary shower scene, um, she's stabbed in in the shower uh, by Norman Bates as uh, um, when he's dressed up as mother uh, in his mother's clothes uh, and wearing a a wig. <clears throat> excuse me to make him seem or appear as if he was his mother um and the fact that it's all shot in black and white um and you don't see the blood um running uh in the bathtub you don't see the um the the wounds on um Marion Crane's body um and it just adds to the to the the uh, the horror of the the incident um and i don't know if it was uh if it was done consciously but it was definitely that the the um the act of of making it black and white really does add to the the um to the to the power of of the scene it also adds to the the mood of the entire the entire film um and really uh is marion crane um the character marion crane who um who really uh brings herself into this situation where she finds herself arriving at the bates motel and being killed uh, of course, she doesn't know who um, who Norman Bates really is. Um, but uh, you see, when we first meet uh, Marion Crane, um, she is um, a uh, a real estate secretary uh, who uh, lives and works in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And we see her uh, at a hotel um with her boyfriend uh sam loomis um who's played by uh john gavin and he is going through some uh, money troubles um he discusses how he um finds it hard paying the alimony to his uh, ex-wife and he has considerable amount of debt that he needs to clear and um uh, and he speaks of his hopes that his ex-wife will um, get married again so he will no longer have to pay her any money and this speaking of this and uh, knowing how and she obviously cares Marion Crane obviously cares for Sam um, this is this stays within her mind and that's why uh, when she returns to work after lunch um, and a client at um, the uh, the real estate agency where she works, uh, when they come in and they leave a $40,000 cash payment on a property that they wish to buy, 
which um, was an enormous uh, sum of money at the time. Um, um, and uh, when Marion's boss, who is who do- looks kind of um, shocked that uh, this um, this uh, businessman would want to, this client would want to um, pay in such a large amount of money, uh, and and uh, and leave it with the real estate agent. Um, but uh, and that's why Marion's boss asks uh, Marion to deposit the money in the bank. Um, uh, uh, the next uh, day, uh, I think. Um, however, uh, Marion, um, who uh, is having a uh, who complains of a headache even when she arrives at work, um, and she's talking to um, her uh, her uh, co-worker uh, Caroline, uh, who was played by um, who was played by Pat uh, Hitchcock, uh, who was. Um, uh, Alfred Hitchcock's uh, daughter and um, however Marion uh, doesn't uh, deposit the money at the bank um, instead she leaves the office early and instead decides to steal the $40,000 um, and drive to uh, her boyfriend Sam's home in Fairvale California um to give him the money so that he can pay off his debts um first of all she stops off at home to pack a bag um and to to gather some of her belongings uh before she um she goes onto the intersection um near to where she works and um she's driving down this road and she she comes to an intersection and just as she stops there uh, on her way out of town, she looks up and she sees her employer, um, her her boss, um, uh, and uh, the client uh, who uh, uh, who gave the forty thousand dollars to the um, to the real estate uh, company, walking across this um, this intersection. And um, her boss looks at her and um, Marion looks at him and he just uh, shakes away the, the, the moment. Um, and then after this, um, Marion um, continues uh, her journey uh, en route to, to Mayvale. Um, sorry, Fair, Fairvale. Um, and um, uh, because it's the end of the day, uh, Marion decides to pull onto the the hard onto the off just off the road um, so that she can get some rest uh, and sleep until morning. And all the while, when she's driving, she has all of these um, voices um, running through her mind uh, about what certain people might. Be possibly saying um, about her or what might be going on in uh, in situations that she isn't aware of, but she she seems to she has this seems to fantasize about uh, about what uh, might be going on 
while she's away. And it's a great, uh, great um, addition. Uh, I, I love that uh, Alfred Hitchcock uh, added this, this, this internal monologue, but not um, the monologue of, um, of Marion Crane, but as she imagines other people speaking about her and her actions. Uh, but I think it's really good. It really adds to the, 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 the pressure that she feels um, that she's under, which is um, uh, self-induced, uh, in, basically, because she has chosen to steal this, this money. And if she hadn't, then um, quite, uh, quite frankly, she wouldn't um, end up dying uh, in the first place. Uh, but because she she cared for her her uh, boyfriend Sam um, and his um, his uh, uh, money troubles, that's why she decided to uh, to take the money. But um, she sleeps in her car, and then uh, early in the morning she's awakened by a California Highway Patrol officer uh, who is suspicious of her. Um, from the get-go, um, suspicious that she would be sleeping in her car, suspicious that uh, the car that she's sleeping in actually belongs to her, and um, all the while she has this $40,000 in her purse, uh, and um, she, we see that she's a little uneasy about this, uh, and the, the police officer, uh, the highway patrol officer I should say, uh, he he knows that there is something wrong here. The the fact that Marion is alone, she's she's driving alone in this car on her own. She's sleeping in the car, um, and even though he's suspicious of her, he has no reason to hold her because she uh, she has a driver's license, and um, she there is no reason that uh, he can. Um, he can give to her to take her in or um, potentially accuse her of anything because he has no idea um, of that she's done anything wrong. Uh, and although she heads off, um, she drives away, um, trying to make her way to Fairvale uh, to meet up with Sam, um, the highway... Uh, the California Highway Patrol officer continues to follow her and follows her all the way to uh, Bakersfield uh, where um, Marion stops at an automobile dealership there where she um, intends to trade in her um, her car um, which has um, Arizona plates for a, a car with a California plate and um, the California Highway Patrol officer uh, parks up outside the automobile dealership and he's constantly watching her, constantly suspicious of her, uh, as is the, um, the proprietor or the, the, the person, the automobile um, dealer at the dealership um, from right from when Marion pulls up uh, he's suspicious of her, why she wants to trade in her car, why she's she has um, a large amount of money because he says that, because uh, she says that she wants to trade in her car 
for another car but the the dealer says to her that he's going to require another seven hundred dollars on top of the car and he is a little suspicious that she would have seven hundred dollars um so easily uh, and it seems as if she's running from something um and there's this constant suspicion from people and she's she knows that she feels this she feels this physically uh but yet again there is no um, no one has a, a any concrete reason for stopping her um so even though they continue to watch her marion uh, carries on um down an, an interstate however there is a uh an incredible uh, downpour of rain uh, which um, blurs Marion's uh, view of the road and um, this is what causes her to decide to stop um, the night uh, at a, uh, a motel uh, until um, the next morning where she can continue uh, the, um, the 15 miles to... Um, uh, to meet up with uh, Sam in uh, Fairvale um, and uh, she stops at the the first motel that she can that she sees which is of course the Bates motel uh, which uh, doesn't even have a uh, um, uh, do doesn't have anybody staying there even though it has a uh, um, what is it? Twelve, uh, twelve rooms there. Uh, has no one staying there at all. And um, at first, when uh, Marion arrives, uh, there doesn't seem to be anyone in the office at the Bates Hotel. However, she does look up to the Bates house. There, she sees a light on, and she sees who she believes is a an elderly uh, woman in the window uh, however after she uh, honked her horn of her car uh, very soon after uh, Norman Bates uh, comes running from the Bates uh, house uh, to uh, to welcome her to the Bates motel and to check her in and uh, Norman seems to be uh, you know very uh, excitable uh he's excited that they actually have a, a guest who wants to stay at the motel because uh and they haven't had any anyone uh who wanted to stay there in quite a while um and he is obviously nervous around her um and as is uh explained at the end of the film you know he um because of the way he was brought up by his his mother when she was alive uh he um he is uh attracted to uh marion um uh, and um he this is what leads him his uh immediate attraction to her to invite uh marion uh to um to have a, a sandwich uh with with him um and one odd thing is, or what, what it's not an odd thing, but it's not an odd thing to Marion, um, is that after she uh, checks into her room, 
uh, room one. She hears Norman having an, an argument with his mother, uh, Norma, um, inside this uh, gothic-looking mansion that uh, sits um, just on a, on a hill just above where the motel is. Um, and this is what leads her to, to believe that, uh, that Norman and Norma have a, um, uh, ha don't have a very good relationship with one another. But what she doesn't realize is that in fact, it is Norman, um, speaking in his mother's voice and actually having a conversation with himself. Uh, but as, as I say, she doesn't realize this at the time, um, and soon enough, Norman um, uh, returns uh, to the, the, the motel. Um, and um, decides to have a, uh, have a sandwich with him. And uh, um, in fact, during their, when they're talking, Marion tries to, um, tries to convince Norman that he should leave, that uh, there is nothing, you know, in the motel for him, that with having such a domineering mother, he should get out on his own and try and uh, make a new life for himself. But, um, you know, at this point, she and we as the viewer don't realise um, that uh, there is no mother. There is only the mother um, that is the... Uh, the alternate personality of Norman. Um, but um, Marion knows that she uh, um, she needs to get away from there. Um, she needs to try and um, find a way of freeing herself of this guilt. Um, and she decides to drive back to Phoenix in the morning and return the stolen money um and uh but she she uh she hides the money um that she has left inside a uh, a folded up newspaper um and um thinking nothing else of it thinking that there is um nothing else to worry about that everything will be okay they'll be able to she'll be able to settle everything uh, she begins to um, take off her clothes and go into the shower and this is when the the, the famous uh, shower scene happens um, in which Marion uh, played by Janet Lee is is in the shower and uh, at first she nothing seems to be uh, awry um, but uh, very soon a shadowy figure uh, we see a shadowy figure appear on the other side of the um, shower curtain and uh, immediately after uh, the shower curtain is pulled back and um, the, the shadowy figure that uh, resembles uh, an elderly an elderly woman um, starts to stab uh, Marion um, while, while the shower is still... Uh, shower is still going and the the iconic music um that everybody knows uh as composed by bernard herman uh starts to play out the um that is iconic 
with this the, this the sharp um, um, point um, of the of the knife the the carving knife that uh, Norman uh, aka mother is holding uh, but it is it, it is the the music is just as iconic as as the scene and every time you hear that music it um, it makes you think about that that scene and um, uh, and, and in fact the the, the music uh, throughout the entire film is uh, is really stand out and really wonderful um, as I said composed by Bernard Herrmann and uh, really does add to the the the, the ambience the the um, the, uh, the 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 um, foreboding um, that uh, is is constant throughout the uh, throughout the film um, but yeah so uh, Marion uh, is uh, is killed stabbed to death um, the, the shadowy figure uh, disappears however soon after um, Norman arrives and uh, he runs into the into the the hotel the motel room uh, he's initially panicked by what he sees by what he believes has happened uh, what he believes his mother has done uh, because she um, she was uh, um, not very uh, well, as was um, conveyed in the conversation that Norman and mother in inverted commas had um uh, that Marion heard uh, she didn't uh, she believed that all other women were whores apart from her um, and that um, that Norman uh, shouldn't um, have women around him um, uh, but of course as I said this is all of this is Norman uh, there is no Norma his mother is dead uh, but um, but yeah, so when he goes into the room, he has he seems to have no idea of what has happened, what he has done, or what his his mother has done. Um, so, but he just starts to do um, the the first thing that comes to his mind, which is to go through the entire room. Um, the, the bathroom to to clean out the bathroom to to wipe down any evidence that there may be um, uh, Norman puts um, Marion's uh, body and wraps it in the shower curtain and then puts it in the the trunk of her car that she drove to the Bates motel in uh, he puts her belongings inside the uh, the suitcase that she arrived in, uh, including the newspaper uh, with with the forty thousand dollars, he he throws that in the trunk as well. Then he drives the uh, the uh, Marion's uh, car that she arrived in um, to a uh, a swamp near the motel, and then he causes it to sink into the swamp. Um, However, then a week later, uh, Marion's sister, uh, uh, Lila Crane, uh, who's played by Vera Miles, 
uh, arrives um, in Fairvale uh, to talk with uh, Sam uh, Loomis, uh, uh, Marion's uh, uh, boyfriend, um, to ask him about the theft of the $40,000 from the real estate uh, company, um, which, uh, of course, Marion had been responsible for. And even though she confronts him about what he knows about the money, about the money and about the whereabouts of Marion, he tells her that he has he had nothing to do with it and he doesn't know where she is. Um, however, soon after, um, private investigator uh, Abagast, uh, who's played by Martin Balsam, uh, arrives at um, Sam's um, Sam's place of work and. Uh, starts to ask uh sam and uh and um lila um about um about the forty thousand dollars um and um he says that he has been hired to retrieve the money and um abagast uh starts uh his search of where um where Marion might have gone, so he goes to um, many different hotels and he he uh, interviews the proprietors uh, before eventually arriving at the Bates Motel, uh, where he questions Norman uh, about um, about Marion, whether uh, Norman saw her or whether they've had any recent uh, any recent guests at the motel, but. Um, Norman is um, is notably uh, um, nervous. He stammers. Um, he's inconsistent with uh, the answers that he gives, uh, which makes um, Abagast very suspicious of um, of Norman. Um, and Norman um, explains that uh, you know his mother lives uh, in the in the house on the hill there and. Um, um, and as I say, he just he uh, stumbles over his, over his words and his answers, and this just causes uh, Abagast, who um, is a very, very talented private investigator, to um, bec become suspicious of Norman, um, and this is what leads uh, Abagast to want to uh, speak to Norman's mother uh, about. Um, about Marion, about whether um, perhaps whether um, Marion was uh, had uh, an interaction with um, Norman's mother. Uh, but before uh, Abagast goes to speak to uh, mother in inverted commas, uh, he calls uh, both Sam and uh, Lila uh, about his search for Marion. Um, and then promises to phone them back in an hour. However, uh, three hours passed and uh, Sam and Lila uh, become um, concerned that Abagast hasn't called them and um, this leads them to decide to go to the Bates Motel, which is where Abagast uh, says that he has uh, tracked down uh, Marion. That was her, the last place that she stayed at as confirmed by Norman, uh, eventually. Um, 
and but when he after he puts the phone down abagast uh goes up to the the bates um gothic home uh to try and speak to uh norma um bates um however uh when he's just uh, he gets to the um to the top of the 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 uh, the stairway uh, a shadowy figure emerges from one of the bedrooms and stabs him and causes him to fall down the staircase to the ground level of the uh, of the of the house and of course this is norman once again dressed up as his mother um and he uh he takes care of um, Abagast's body. He uh, buries it uh, near to the motel. Uh, but as I said, uh, Lila and Sam, um, uh, because they didn't hear from Abagast, they decide to uh, visit the Bates Motel um, to uh, to find out um, about um, find out what uh, Norman. Uh, saw um, 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 but uh, Norman um, uh, realises that uh, it, there may be some further inquiries about uh, his mother because several people have claimed to have either seen or heard uh, Norman's mother so Norman decides to go to uh, his mother's bedroom and uh, uh, remove her body from her bedroom and hide her in the fruit cellar and of course um, the, that it, the, this is uh, Norma Bates's body uh, but she has long since passed on uh, so when we see Norman carrying the body down the stairs it is uh, a mummified corpse at this point but we the, the viewer don't get to see this until the end of the film but um, um, so at this point we are led to believe everybody is led to believe that Norma and Norman are two separate uh, individuals um, and I, I love the fact that we don't know that 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 uh, Alfred Hitchcock kept the identity of who mother really was um close to the chest for a great amount of time um but um yeah uh really really well done really well executed um however and at this point before they reach the Bates motel uh Lila and Sam uh go to the local uh deputy sheriff um uh, Deputy Sheriff Al Chambers uh, who's played by John uh, McIntyre and they speak to um, Deputy Chief, Deputy Sheriff Al Chambers and his wife uh, Mrs Chambers who's played by uh, Laureen Tuttle um, about um, the Bates Motel um, and about the the um, apparently that uh, um Norman's mother um, uh, had had a conversation with Abagast or um, and this leads them to 
to reveal to uh, Lila and Sam that it couldn't have been Norman's mother because Norma um, Bates died 10 years previously and um, in fact Mrs uh, Chambers uh, says that she helped Norman um, pick out the flowers for her funeral service um, so there's a, there's a great deal of mystery and confusion revolving around um, what's going on and this leads Lila and, and Sam to uh, further uh, to, to investigate further what is really going on at the Bates Motel um, but um, Deputy Chief uh, Deputy um, Sheriff Al Chambers goes to the Bates Motel and uh, he looks around apparently and he doesn't see anything uh, to be suspicious about but uh, Lila and Sam uh, are not convinced they're not buying that that uh, um, that nothing happened there um, so they go to the Bates Motel uh, in which they um, they decide to check in uh, and make believe as if they're uh, husband and wife um, so that they can um, look around the motel and look for any evidence that Marion was there um, and they they check into they they checked into uh room 10 uh and when um they are convinced that Norman is no longer in the in the motel he's uh up at the house um they decide to go into uh room 1 and they look around they go into the bathroom they immediately notice that the shower curtain has been removed but they don't this doesn't cause them to immediately suspect anything uh, but they, they they pick up a piece of paper in the bathroom that seems to indicate that it it may have said 40,000 and this what this is what leads uh, Lila and Sam to sus um, become suspicious that Norman perhaps uh, killed Marion and did so to steal the forty thousand dollars because they they suspect that he would need the money because the motel the Bates Motel is in such a bad state of um, disrepair and and that it, it it's really struggling business. Um, and this is when they decide to um, to split up. Uh, Sam. Uh, decides to uh, confront uh, Norman and uh, question him about uh, Marion uh, and also the $40,000 while uh, Lila uh, goes up to the house to try and talk with uh, um, Norma. Uh, um, however, uh, she goes up there and immediately she can't find any, any sign of, um, of Mother. Uh, or Norma um, and one thing leads to another uh, and Sam uh, in the, the office talking to Norman uh, outright um, accuses Norman of, uh, of uh, doing something untoward to Marion and stealing the $40,000 uh, and this is what causes uh, Norman to uh, realise that Sam is just trying to um, distract him 
um, because he he sees that uh, uh, Lila is nowhere to be seen, and he, this is what causes him to worry that Lila might have gone up to the to the house. Uh, so there is a uh, an altercation, there is a, a fight uh, in which Norman uh, knocks Sam unconscious. Then he rushes up to uh, the Bates house uh, to discover where Lila is, and Lila uh, hears uh, and sees Norman coming, so she. She tries to to hide, um, and when Norman goes up to the up to the first floor to try and look for Lila, Lila goes down to the um, goes down to the the basement and uh, to the cellar, and uh, she goes through one of the doors there, and uh, she sees um, who she believes is Norma Bates. Um, uh, sitting in a chair however as she gets closer and uh, when she turns uh the bot uh norma around in her rocking chair she discovers that norma is dead and is now a mummified corpse um and immediately as anyone would she screams at the horror of this sight and this causes norman to uh uh, be alerted to where Lila's uh, Lila is, um, and in fact he rushes down to the cellar, dressed uh, in his mother's one of his mother's gowns, um, and also in a um, in wearing a, um, a wig that uh, he was wearing when he he killed uh, both. Um, private investigator Abagast as well as uh, Marion um, however just before he Norman attacks uh, Lila um, Sam uh, comes rushing in and he stops Norman um, and uh, is able to subdue him and uh, then um, soon after we discover uh, when the the film uh, towards the end of the film um, and we find that Sam and um, and Lila are at a, a police station uh, just after a psychiatrist um, uh, comes out uh, after having a conversation with uh, Norman uh, who um, has now fully taken on the uh, psychological personality of mother and uh, in fact the psychiatrist explains that um, Norman murdered Norma and her lover 10 years earlier out of uh, jealousy uh, he um, he poisoned them both with uh, strychnine and uh, um, and uh, made uh, others believe that um, uh, that they killed themselves in some kind of uh, suicide pact. Um, and the, the psychiatrist also explains that Norman recreated his mother in his own mind as an alternate personality uh, who was just as jealous and as possessive as she was when she was alive. But all of this was in Norman's mind. And uh, even whenever Norman felt attraction to other women uh his mother personality would take over and um 
to try and uh, just to try and uh, take away these these feelings that Norman was having. He would this mother personality would uh, overtake Norman and would make him carry out these horrific uh, murders, um, most notably to uh, the the women who Norman was attracted to. Um, and uh, it's revealed that Norman had killed two women uh, prior to murdering uh, Marion Crane um, and uh, Abagast was just uh, uh, a collateral murder um, um, so that um, the, uh, the crimes of mother could be uh, covered up basically um and then uh one of the we see one of the police officers um take in a uh in a blanket into the uh into the cell where Norman is sitting because um they say that uh they say they're they're cold um however at this point um there is Norman uh, is no more and there is only mother and um, uh, right towards the end of the film we hear uh, mother's voice protesting that um, they they were not her doing or their doing but they were Norman's doing and that she would stay here in the, sh in the shadows and she would wait and um, very disturbing very disturbing and um, we see this this uh, disturbing smile on Norman's face um, when he realizes that uh, you know he's he's just gone. You know he's he's gone insane by this point. Um, and the last scene of the film is Marion's car being towed out of the swamp, um, and uh, the eventual uh, um, discovery. Uh, after which of Marion's body and uh, and also the return of the $40,000 which is what it was all about um, but yeah so what a great film um, it's been such a long time since I, I saw it um, and I suppose my, my most recent um, uh, exposure to the the um, the story of uh Norman Bates uh, was the Bates Motel TV series that ran from uh, 2013 to 2017, which is a great TV series, um, which is um, uh, more a, a contemporary prequel to the Alfred Hitchcock uh, film, uh, Psycho. Uh, but it's a really great series. I'd, I'd love to talk about that. But, um, uh, yeah, it's... Um, the great prequel to this uh, this great film. In fact, we actually see the the events of Psycho play out in that series. Um, but the uh, it's um, it's a really good uh, reimagining um, of the of the of the film um, Psycho, and uh, it really does add a lot of uh, depth to um, the relationship between Norman and uh, Norma while she was still alive. Uh, of course but um yeah speaking about psycho um 
it is um, quite rightly um, considered one of the one of the, the greatest films ever made and um, also a, a favorite um, of uh, Alfred Hitchcock's films uh, and um, also a, you know a, a box office um, success uh, however it as I said it uh, it did have uh, initial um, mixed reviews and was seen as very controversial uh, because of the, the way that it portrayed the the attack by uh, by um, Marion Crane um, but uh, in subsequent years and over the decades it has risen to become as I said considered to be one of the greatest films ever made and it's considered by a lot of people as a masterclass in uh, in filmmaking and in suspense and in horror and uh, it really um, it really is just a, a wonderful uh, work of art um, that um, that really does go to great depths and goes to great lengths of um, you know trying to um, keep the the uh, keep answers um, uh, at a distance and constantly asking questions and asking and constantly drawing the viewer in um, to to discover more about uh, who Norman Bates is and uh, and yeah it's um, it's a really really well done film that, um, that I really enjoyed seeing once again after such a long time um, and uh, yeah if you haven't seen the film and um, if you like me have heard great things about it over the years um, then I would definitely definitely suggest that you uh, definitely suggest that you you watch it because um, I think some people they they hear the the legend of it they hear the reputation of the film perhaps before um, they even watch the film and they have these preconceptions about it being horrific and about it being shocking and um it is it's shocking it's thrilling um but it is in my view just a masterclass in storytelling and um as i say the the way that uh, the frames are planned out um the way that um you know alpha hitchcock um uh, um, you know, went to great lengths to 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 not uh, reveal uh, who Mother was for a great deal of the film, and uh, as I say, the the, the master stroke of uh, filming it in um, in black and white, even though uh, the choice was uh, mostly. Um, due to budgetary constraints because uh, Alfred Hitchcock not only uh, produced and directed the film but he also um, uh, he also uh, uh, paid for the um, the filming as well so it uh, I'm sure um, filming it in black and white uh, was a, um, a cost-saving um, measure but as I said also it really adds it adds more to the the suspense because taking out all of the color uh for some reason um it really 
adds to the the shock of it. I mean, I don't I think think Alfred Hitchcock would have been able to use light and shadow as he did as profoundly and as powerfully within the film if it had been uh, shot um, in in color. Um, and uh and you know the black and white um uh as well as the um as the the soundtrack um especially the the uh, the all strings uh piece of music uh composed by Bernard Herrmann uh which is entitled the murder which of course plays out during the the attack scene in the in the in the shower um just it, you know it's um it just adds to the uh, to it just adds to up to making it a uh, an incredible film um, and uh, all of its components from uh, as I say making it black and white um, the music the as I say the uh, of course the cast and the the acting just um, are all really um, top notch and uh, um, yeah great film. So, as I say, if you haven't seen the film uh, and, and you've heard a lot about it and you, you're interested in uh, perhaps checking it out, uh, then I would definitely recommend that you do at uh, the earliest convenience uh, because it really is, uh, as I said, a, a masterpiece of, uh, of cinema. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to leave it there for now. I uh, just want to say thank you for listening. I uh, hope you like what you heard. And I'll talk to you again soon. If you like what you heard in uh, this episode of uh, the Mark Hastings Experience, um, and if you want to check out some more of my poetry, um, then you uh, you can head over to markthepoet.me, uh, which is my website, and you'll find... Uh, lots of the poems that I've written over the years um, you want to uh, check out some of my poetry uh, in uh, a book form uh, and go to Amazon and you'll find um, all 10 of my books that I've had published um, they're all books of poetry um, uh, books of stories uh, books of uh, memories and uh, experiences um and there'll be more to come and uh if you would love to um contribute uh to uh to the podcast then you can do so by heading over to patreon and searching for mark the poet and uh your uh your support would be greatly appreciated um but uh as i was saying i hope you liked what you heard in this uh episode um And I'll talk to you again soon.